This is KUCI in Irvine. We are speaking with Tim Butler from the Psychedelic Furs, legendary band. They will be performing at the Pacific Amphitheater this Thursday, July 19th, along with The Fix and X. And uh, is this the beginning or uh, the middle or the end of your tour? It's just the uh, the beginning. And we did uh, a festival in uh, Pleasantville, New York, uh, the day before yesterday, and we're in Tucson, uh, Arizona tomorrow. So we we have it. I mean, it's, it's a five-week trek. This one, so it's just the beginning. Well, let us back up a bit in case people uh, need a little sense of the history of the psychedelic furs. The psychedelic furs initially gained popularity during the early 1980s when music was making the transition between punk and new wave. And yet the psychedelic furs are neither punk nor quite a keyboard driven new wave band. So how would you describe the sound of the psychedelic furs? I would describe it as a a sort of a cross between the Velvet Underground and Roxy music, but with the, uh, the attitude and the aggression of the Sex Pistols. That that sounds sounds about right. Who were some of the the influences? I mean, obviously, you mentioned Velvet Underground and the Sex Pistols. Who else were you listening to at the time? Uh, well, all in our in our uh, growing up years, my father used to listen to uh, Bob Dylan a lot. Uh, so so we grew up listening to uh, Bob Dylan and uh, um, Hank Williams. Funnily enough, <laughs> you know, people like that. You know. People wouldn't expect us to be, uh, I guess, exposed to in our uh, in our younger years, and then of course we got into uh, the Velvet Underground uh, early Stooges. Well, I guess there's, it's all early Stooges. They only did three albums, but Iggy and the Stooges, uh, Roxy Music, early early Bowie, not later later Bowie, but you know early the the, the glam the glam period. And at the moment, I can't think of things, any others off the top of my head. Those are the major, you know, the major ones we were listening to. Yeah, I'm not sure I would have guessed Bob Dylan or, or Hank Williams, but uh, definitely uh, Velvet Underground or Iggy and the Stooges. Now, just so we can clear this up, where does the name Psychedelic First come from? Oh, well, I mean, at the time we were forming, there was, there was all the bands were around, you know, like The Clash and Venus and the Razor Blades and The Stranglers. And we wanted a name that would uh, put us apart from th- th- those bands. Because a lot of our influences, you know, all the punk bands were putting down the music of the 60s, the psychedelic bands. And we were sort of influenced by, uh, as I said earlier, by some of those. So we wanted to uh, point that out, and a name that would uh, set us apart from, you know, in, in a gig listing, you see, you know, all these, like, violent sort of, sounding names and you see see the psychedelic furs and it it sort of gets you interested in you know what what could that be you know what music can that be that's where the psychedelic came from and the the furs i guess it you know it just (laughs) tripped off the tongue (laughs) uh, there's no big there's no big meaning to the furs but the psychedelic thing was to as i said to uh to get us noticed and to tip our hats to uh you know some of those psychedelic bands of the 60s and you've been answering this question ever since. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I know it's <laughs> it's one that everybody uh, wants to know about. So over the weekend, I, I read up a bit about uh, the Psych Furs, though I'm certainly a longtime fan. I uh, saw you perform live for my first time in uh, Los Angeles at the Wiltern Theater in 1989. So that's going going back a bit. But um, yeah. brushing up on the band bio, I found it interesting that some of the songs that became singles in the UK did not become singles in the United States. So the single Heaven, for example, right, which is uh, really one of your most uh, well-known songs. Are audiences that different across the Atlantic? Do you know why record companies might have decided to not have one song become a single in one area but become a single in another? I've no uh, that particular song was a was a real uh, perplexing thing to us because the radio stations had been had been playing Heaven uh, a lot and the video was on uh, MTV and for some reason the record company w- w- released Here Come Cowboys which for the life of me I don't understand why and you know I never will um, but I think in uh, I think in the UK they they tend to uh, release, or they did back then, uh, be a bit more daring with their uh, releases. As I say, you know, back back then now it's pretty much it's the same worldwide. It's poppy, you know, stuff. But uh, I think they were at, at, at the start of uh, new wave and alternative music. They tended to be a bit more, bit more daring. Want to remind listeners they're in tune to KUCI in Irvine. We're speaking with Tim of the Psychedelic Furs. He's going to be performing at the Pacific Amphitheater in Costa Mesa this Thursday, July 19th. And uh, let's talk a bit about how the recording industry has changed since you all began. It certainly changed drastically just in the past few years. Radio is sadly. I suppose now secondary to streaming services. Albums have kind of given away to downloading single tracks. Touring seems to be a lot more important for bands if they want to be financially viable. Uh, how has changes in the recording industry impacted the psychedelic furs? Um, all that you just said is right. I mean, nowadays, I guess we are actually in the process of recording a, a new album. And we, we are at the moment looking into uh, into ways we are going to promote it. Because, I mean, the last album we had out was in uh, 1992, uh, before the uh, the big uh, internet uh, streaming thing hit the hit the music business. So it's, it, it, it's, it's totally a different animal out there to be. I, I mean, I wouldn't like to be a a new band starting out because it, it, it's a lot harder to get yourself out there. There's, there's a lot more diff- uh, different platforms and, you know, uh, lists that certain, you know, streaming sites have on them that they, you know, what, what they'll play or whatever. Uh, so we are just, as I said, in the process of uh, dis- uh, l- looking into how the best way to, uh, to release an album is going to be. Are you leaning any particular way? Uh, not yet. As I was saying, we're still sort of still looking at the uh, what's out there, and we have we have uh, some, some uh, record companies interested, but there's always uh, 
if it, nowadays you can release an album without a record company and it can do great on, on the internet, so it's, it's, it's very strange. Certainly having one of your songs featured in a major, mo- major motion picture and on the soundtrack was really important in bringing to people's attention the psychedelic furs in case they were unaware of your music. Yeah, I mean, it's nowadays it's, it's more important. I mean, on commercials, on TV, you'll get a song playing and they'll say who the band is, you know, in the corner of the screen. Right. Um, but but movies, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was totally surprised. I, I, know you, I know you're talking about Pretty in Pink, but recently in in the movie uh, Call Me By My Name, Love My Way is a uh, a prominent song in that movie, which uh, of course helps to uh, again to bring our name into the public uh, public focus. And yet the band the song was not originally written for that movie. Is that the, the no. which is I mean, really like, interesting? I mean, like Pretty in Pink wasn't originally written. Uh, for the movie Pretty in Pink, I mean, it came out four years before the movie was made. And uh, again, uh, Love My Way was written in uh, 1982, and Call Me By My Name just came out, you know. So, which, uh, uh, I mean, the whole Pretty in Pink thing was that it was very flattering, you know, that uh, John Hughes wrote the movie supposedly around that song, but it has nothing to do with the song. Right. But uh, it, it did help to get us to another level of uh, audience attention. I mean, it got us a, a younger fan base, but it also alienated a lot of our original fans who thought we'd sold out. So it was a, it was a blessing and a curse. I mean, that seems to be uh, an issue that is just never ending, right? When a band becomes popular, they're always accused of selling out. Yeah, people like to be fans of a band that is a small, a small band. They like to think, you know, we're the only ones that know about this band. It's, it's our band. And when you get through to a, a, a wide audience, uh, they do tend to think, well, you know, too many people know about this band. I think I'll try and, you know, go and find another uh, underground band. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and that's, that's always the way it works. It's an interesting uh, observation. It's almost um, a distrust of of the masses. Who by by the fans of you when you start out? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, you know, I, nothing's changed except that you're now in in bigger company. And it's, yeah, um, at the and same time, they, they think you have to have to have been embraced by yeah a larger audience. They think you have to have done something. You know given something away or, you know, changed your, uh, your values or your ideas. Right. You know? So uh, it, it's, it's sort of uh, sad in some ways. Well, let's talk about, in the time we have left, let's talk about the performance. So what can fans expect from a Psychedelic Furs show? Well, they can expect, a main thing is, I think if people come to a first show and think, it's all, I mean, we, we, I think we're best known for songs like Ghost in You and sort of... Love Heaven, My Way. Those, Love My Way, those sort of, they're, they're, not, they're poppy, but uh, I think if you come to a show, we, we are a lot heavier and rawer uh, than, than 
those records would uh, lead you to believe if you've never seen us before. And I think we are a, a pretty heavy live band with, with some uh, lighter areas, you know, when it comes to Love My Way or Ghost In You. And without detracting from the, the recordings, the live performance has a, a an energy or a punch that uh, you just don't get uh, listening to a vinyl or a CD of your songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, all when you see us live, the, the songs are a lot rawer. And uh, I think better. I mean, cause, uh, when you're in a studio and you sort of, I mean, you, you do give in to... Uh, what you think will be played maybe on the radio. You know, you can't be too uh, too aggressive or too raw. Whereas live, you can let it let it all hang out. Well, and I'm guessing you feed off the crowd energy as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, we feed off the crowd, so it, it bumps our performance up, which bumps up the crowd. So, you know, it, it's just uh, a continuous thing. Finally, why don't uh, you tell us a bit, if you can, if it's not revealing any secrets, uh, about the new album and when fans might expect it? Um, well, we've we, we recorded about 10 backing tracks so far. We have to do some overdubbing, of course, you know, final vocals, and record some uh, other, some more tracks. But it, it, it's, of course, it can't be anything but, like I said at first, with Richard's voice. Uh, I'd have to say one of the most distinctive rock voices in the last 40 years. Absolutely. Um, but it's going to be the fact that it first, you know, we're up, updated. It's not going to be, uh, well, it, it's not going to be the the, uh, the the 80s psychedelic first, because, of course, you listen to music that goes on around you, you know, all the time, so you, you get influenced by... Yeah, what's around you, as it did when we were growing up, you know, as I said earlier, from bands like Roxy Music, the Sex Pistols, you know, so you get influences uh, from all around. So it'll be an updated uh, Furs. Do you have any particular acts that uh, you're into at at this point that might have influenced your sound? Bands like the Arctic Monkeys. I can't think of any others off the top of my head. Okay. Um, and do you know when the album might be available? Uh, we're hoping for uh, earliest next year, early to mid-year. Well, Tim, this has been an absolute pleasure for me. I've been a longtime fan. The Psychedelic Furs will be performing this Thursday, July 19th at the Pacific Amphitheater in Costa Mesa, along with The Fix and X. And uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us here at KUCI. Thank you. I'll see you there. And good luck with the tour. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.